Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. You know, you have DNA or you wouldn't be sitting there. Your DNA has a lot to do with your height, with your bone structure, with your appearance. Did you know that your Father God has DNA in the essence of His being? The Bible tells us God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Bible tells us that you can... You can the epitome of the character, the DNA of God is faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is God is unconditional, unrelenting love. But you know, a lot of times we major on love and on faith, but we forget the power of hope. But I want to tell you something, without hope, faith doesn't have anywhere to go. And without hope, you will give up far before any breakthroughs that the Father would grant you. Hope is essential. In fact, if there is a prolonged series and, and, and season of the lack of hope, death follows. It is essential. And in our study of our faith father, Abraham, we find out back in chapter 4, God said to him in verse 17, I've made you a father of many nations. Now he told him that when he was not able to have a child with Sarah, his wife, <coughs> in the presence of him whom he believed. In other words, as far as God was concerned, that child had already been given. Can I ask you something? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could already see what God says is true? Faith is what connects you. It is the assurance of things that you're hoping for. It is that assurance. It is evidence in the inner man of what you can't see yet with your outer man. And it's essential. If faith is the essence of things you're hoping for, without hope, faith has nowhere to go. And so we see here that God said to Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. And here he is at 75, 86, and 99, and we've been through that in the past few weeks, without the promised child. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He called Abraham the father of many nations when Abraham didn't have a promised child who contrary, listen, who contrary to hope, that is natural hope. Pastor, what is natural hope? It is based on the senses, what you can see, what you feel, what you hear. That is 
natural hope. Contrary to that kind of hope, in spiritual hope, in God's kind of hope, he believed. I have made you a father of many. He gives life to the dead. Contrary to natural hope, in spiritual hope, he believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now watch this. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider, that is, he didn't focus on his own body already dead. He was 99 when he got that promise. Since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, she was 90 and had been barren all her life. But he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But he grew strong in faith. Notice he wasn't strong immediately. He had to grow in faith. How did he grow in faith? By giving glory to God and being fully convinced, watch this, that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Abraham was brought to that point to where if God didn't come through, there was no way the promise was going to come to pass. How did he stay sustained in his faith? He didn't get in hope against hope, he believed. He saw in the mirror, he saw how old he was, he saw how barren his wife was, but he didn't focus on what his eyes could see. He shifted his focus to what God said was his. And that stimulated that hope in spiritual hope. He believed. Here's what hope will do. Hope will keep you connected to God who is able to do what nothing nor nobody else can do. Sooner or later, you're going to get in a life situation where if God doesn't come through, you're sunk. It's always been that way. It's just that we hadn't realized it until the crisis comes. Hope against hope, he believes. So let me ask you something this morning. What are you hoping for? We're not going to receive the revelation of what God has promised without hope. And I want to show you something else. Go with me uh, to Hebrews chapter 6. I touched on this very briefly last week. In Hebrews chapter 6, I want to show you something. When you're in an absolute desperate place, the power of hope. The discussion here is about our man Abraham as it was in Romans 4. It says in verse 13, when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. He didn't just say, I will bless you. He said, surely, uh, that is an oath as far as God's concerned, surely I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, watch that, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. He didn't just get the promise and boom, next morning there it was. He patiently endured. I want you to go down to verse 18. By two immutable things, that is, by what God promises and swears in his word. It is impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation. That means encouragement. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need some encouragement, don't you? Sometimes you don't need more faith. If you've got a little bit of a mustard seed kind of faith, you can move mountains. You just need some encouragement. 
so that we might have strong encouragement who have fled for refuge to let. Why would you flee for refuge? That means you're in dire need, right? You, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the what? Hope that is set before us. Well, where is that hope? This hope, verse 19, we have as an anchor of the soul. When the storms of circumstances and situations are blowing all around you, you need an anchor. And the Word says the anchor is your hope. If you lose hope, now listen, this is the perfect time to get a definition of what biblical hope is. Biblical hope is an internal witness of a desired outcome. It's not based on what you can see or hear because you don't see or hear any of that. You don't hope for what you see, the Bible says. It is an internal witness. There is, a, there is a witness on the inside of you, in your inner man, comes out of your spirit that, that is proclaiming that there is a desired result that you don't see yet. You, it don't feel like it. It doesn't look like it, but it's there in hope. But sometimes we need some encouragement because that whole process can be long sometimes and difficult and painful. And notice what he says here. This hope we have as an anchor, that hope we have to go back, we flee for refuge. And where is that hope? That hope, according to this powerful verse in 19, enters the presence behind the veil. You remember in the Old Testament, the high priest got to go behind the veil in the temple one time per year with the blood of innocent animals as a representation, as a type of what God would eventually do with his own blood. Notice that that, that behind the veil was called the Holy of Holies. The very throne room of God is what it represented. The Bible says your hope can do something holy. Your hope can get behind the veil. Your hope can get to the throne of God. Why? Because the forerunner, the Lord Jesus Christ, has proceeded. He is our hope. Death couldn't even keep him. He is at the throne room of God interceding for you, and it is your hope that gets there and bears witness of what you're hoping for. Don't let your hopes die. Your hope goes straight to the throne room of God. Hallelujah. And this hope, this anchors us in the storms of life but we have to continue to invest in the presence behind the veil. We have to invest how in the world is that hope, how is it built? It's built the same way Abraham's was built. We have to continually remind ourselves that he, what he promised, he is able to perform. And notice what we saw back there in, in, in Romans 4. 
The Bible says that he gave glory to God. How do you do that? Do you get in prayer and thanksgiving? Do you spend time in worship? Do you get before God and spend time giving him praise and honor and glory that he is able to do far more than you even ask or think? Or are you constantly in prayer talking to God about how bad it is which he already knows? Are you just continually rehearsing how bad it is instead of focusing on what he is able to do? In hope, against hope he believed in order that he might become. So the voice of God is the source of all hope. We can flee right into the, we can go right into the throne room of God on the basis of our hope. And the Bible says that we don't have to be in a strong position to do that. Hebrews 4 says, he is touched with our weakness and we can come boldly to the throne of God based on the humanity of Jesus and how he is touched with our own weaknesses. He knows how hard it is. And he doesn't ever beat us up for coming in a place of desperation. Thank you, Lord. God's kind of hope. Yes, it is the forerunner. It is the thermostat, if you will, of faith. And it is true that this hope comes from the very life of God. But the Bible is very clear that although it is granted, it is also developed. Hmm. It is a gift, but it's also, it has to go through a process of development. Hmm. Um, when you first gave your child with great fear and trembling a vehicle to drive off your property, remember that? That was a gift. But skill in operating that had to be developed. through discernment, through actions, through choices, through experience. This hope that we've been given by the presence of the Holy Spirit is a gift, but it has to be developed. Now, I want us to look at chapter 5 here because this is a continuation of the whole discussion about faith and hope. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Many, many years ago, Billy Graham God rest his soul and thank you for him, Lord. Billy Graham gave a definition of justified that I have never forgotten. Having been justified, what does it mean? Listen to this. Billy Graham explained it like this. To be justified means to be just as if I'd never sinned. 
So by faith, we receive the precious gift of the complete forgiveness of our Lord to be justified just as if I'd never sinned. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Do you ever go to Ephesians 1 and just remind yourself of what the Word of God says is the way God sees you in Christ? Holy and righteous and blameless and beloved and forgiven and accepted. It's powerful. I, I did it this morning. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have access by faith into this grace. We stand in a place a place of favor, access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Do you know you're standing in grace in Christ? And we rejoice in hope, the internal witness of the desired outcome of the glory of God. That is the desired outcome, the manifestation, the revelation of God and what He is, who He is, and what He's doing. But notice this, not only that, not only do we rejoice in the glory of God, we, re, we glory in tribulations. You know what tribulations are? Intense seasons of pressure. The Greek word there is thlipsis. It means intense pressure. Not only that, but we also glory. The word glory means to reveal what is inside. It comes to the outside. The glory, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. That is the creative majesty of God is revealed when you look at the sun and the moon and the stars and the sky. What is on the inside of us that is expressed on the outside is glory. We rejoice in hope that God's glory will be revealed in us and to us. And not only that, we glory in those tribulations. How many of you know, think about it like this. The tighter the squeeze of your circumstances, the more apt what is really on the inside of you is to come to the surface. Now that's sobering, isn't it? The tighter the pressure is on me, the more apt what is really on the inside of me is to come to the surface. Sometimes I don't like that very much, do you? So something is being developed through all this pressure. Remember what Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, philipsis, intense pressure. Be of good cheer, he said, I have overcome the world. And notice he says here, tribulation, the word therefore produce in the Greek is kater gazetai. It means to work out. Tribulation works out. It builds up and works out endurance, perseverance. We live in an instant culture, don't we? I want it. I want it right now. I don't want to have to pay anything for it. I, I, I just, boy, what a different way from the way the Lord works. Notice that perseverance, endurance is necessary. It is what helps 
mold us into the very character of our Lord. Tribulation develops perseverance, and perseverance or endurance develops character. Now, there's a word that you don't hear much anymore. Do you know that the word character in the original Greek literally means proof? Your reputation is what everybody thinks about you. Your character is who you really are. Your character is what you're like in the dark when nobody's looking. Your character is the truth about the kind of person I am and you are. And notice that this pressure develops perseverance and perseverance develops our character. And character turns into, look at verse 4, hope. See, if you ask me without reading this passage, where do you get hope? I'd say, well, he's the God of all hope. He gives it to you by his spirit who indwells you. But notice it is a gift, but it's also developed. It is increased and developed through things that we don't want to even think about, like ah, pressure, pressure, pressure. Perseverance, character. But you see, according to the Word of God, that's the only way that God is going to completely finish that work of building hope in us. See, the more stuff that I've been through and held on to my hope, the stronger my hope is. Same thing's true for you. Real character. People wonder, why in the world don't you agree to cover ministers without a several years track record? Why do you not let anybody become an elder or a deacon or a spiritual mother in this church without a long track? It's about character. And it's also about gifts. Some people don't want, they're not comfortable praying over other people in a service. I get that. That doesn't mean they're inferior believers. It just means they're not spiritually wired to want to do that. Understand that. Doesn't mean that there's faulty character. It means that's not their spiritual gifting. In fact, there's a lot of people who seem to have more character than officers that just don't have that type gifting who are as solid of believers and as consistent. And I, that is, that's true in this church. It's been true in every church Dean and I have ever served. It is a powerful thing, character and gifting. But hope is not only received, it's developed. Do you know something else about hope? It eventually turns into sight. You don't have hope for what you already see. But the Bible lets us know that one of the incredible, incredible blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ is that through faith in Him, eventually all of us who believe and stand in Christ 
and follow him, our hope will eventually be sight. We will see and know as we have been seen and known. Just as surely as you had an entrance into this life, you're going to have an exit. You may not think about it much, but it's going to happen. You're going to exit, and you're going to face Jesus. And the Bible is very clear for those who have received the gift of God's grace and those who love and love His appearing. The Bible is very clear that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for the believer. Hallelujah. That's not an inferior step. That is the ultimate. The ultimate end of hope is sight. Of being fully restored into the image and likeness of Jesus. I don't know about you, but... Sometimes I get to longing for that more than I do at others. Dina recently found a song that uh, I can't get through it because of our journey without becoming emotional. It reminds me of what our ultimate end in Christ is, what our son is experiencing right now, today. I wept over it this morning. The Lord has clearly led me as I lead, humbly lead this flock that we are to remember those whose hope has become sight. We have had five members of our faith family in the past 12 months, 12 months who've gone on to be with the Lord. Their hope has become sight. They have become absent from this body only to be present with the Lord, clothed in His righteousness. We are not to ever forget their presence, their legacy of love, their faith, and that they have been and forever will be a part of this family. You know, the Bible says that there is a family their families on earth and their families in heaven. It's about family to God. This past 12 months, here are those who've gone to be with the Lord. Now listen, I know many of you have said goodbye temporarily uh, to people very close to you. Parents, brothers, sisters, friends, children, but these are the members of our faith family, and that's all that I could fit into this. 
These are the members of our faith family who've left us in the, in the past 12 months. Miss Biddy Mason, Mrs. Wanda Rubin, Mr. Tommy Milner, Mr. Burt Griffin, and recently Mr. Herman Lance. I want you to think about those loved ones of yours who are in Christ, who've gone on to be with the Lord. Father, help us to never forget that this is not it. That this is just a breath. That our eternity with you because of your love and grace in Jesus shall never end. If you're here today without ever personally inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I encourage you to do so right now. He said that God loved you so much He gave His only begotten Son. So that if you just believe and trust in Him alone for your salvation, you would have eternal life. Father, we thank you for those who've gone before us. This is what I read. And behold, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away, and he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Would you stand, please? And so, Father, we honor those who've gone before us. We will not forget the sweetness of their faith, the endurance that they all exhibited, the legacy that they've left of love and unity and faithfulness. But most of all, Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor and the credit that you have received them into your precious presence. And that there will be no more death or tears or pain for them. And Lord, haste the day that our faith shall be made sight. That the clouds would be rolled back like a scroll. And yet even now, Lord, we will say, it is well.
Thank you, Father, for your sweet presence. Thank you that you're the Lord of life. You're Lord over death. You've already won the victory, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.